This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The guardian love you, son. Now on. You do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Ready for this? Welcome to Geek Caring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Moni, and with me today is my lovely, glorious, one year older, but still looking amazing, gorgeous, and wonderful co-host, Amanda. I applauded. Hi, man. I, I felt like there was going to be applause or a drum roll coming there. I'm really glad that I waited because I, I <laughs> got that sense that something was coming. And it wasn't yeah, me felt this like time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's she talking about? Hey, again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so glad Tom is over with you now. <laughs> As are you, apparently. Uh. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Um, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> can't believe I said that, but hey, oh, here well, we are. I mean, Tom can't either, I guess. <laughs> but he's he, in the garden, so that's fine. He will never yeah, find out. He probably won't leave. Which is fine. That's fine. <laughs> fine. How you doing? I'm doing well. I have a struggle to get back into the work groove after being off. Food. And I feel like the spring tiredness is starting to get to me. <laughs> um. So, yeah. But other than that, it's like it has been Easter. Everything's over now. We had a lot of chocolate. Clearly, still eating those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's nothing else much going on. Yeah. How's you? How was your? My Easter was quiet. Um, on Easter Sunday, actually, the dragon. Pretty nice. surprised. And I made like a shepherd's pie for dinner. Um, um, What's funny a story. Pie? It's like um, mince, traditionally like minced, minced lamb. I use vegan beef um, with like peas and carrots and mashed potatoes on top. Because um, nice. I was in the grocery store with mom on, I don't actually know. I was like, what are we doing for Easter dinner? And she's like, oh, I think I might just get like a frozen dinner for one. And I was like, there's three of us in the house. Um. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So I think that a shepherd's pie was a little bit better than a frozen dinner for one. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah um, it was good mom and tom ate the leftovers of that last night and i gave a slice nice. to my aunt to take home to visit on monday that sounds great yeah. i really want that now but I've, well, I've, i just want everything which was bad but you anyway. never eat before. i know and then i'm like it's so late already but i still haven't eaten but i'm not organized enough to prepare to eat first because by the time i realized we were almost ready to 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 record i'm like no time to make any food now. And then you just no. shoved your face with all the chocolate bananas. Exactly. That's what happens. Yeah. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> Tell a um, bunch I of... Eat them up. No. It's like not great. It was already not great on... Definitely great on a podcast. Um, I did wake up with a really sore throat. No. So I'm quite sad about that considering that I'm going in two days. Don't so get been... sick before you go away. I know. I'm really hoping... This is pathetic. I'm really hoping that I have a pine kernel stuck in the back of my throat and that no. it will like... <laughs> free itself but i've been like downing the lemon in lots of water ease it 
I did take a COVID test. It's negative, so I don't think I have COVID, and I feel fine other than the really sore. Th- Fuck that. Don't get sick. Mm. You're not allowed. This is a official declaration, and you're not allowed to get sick before you're going away on, like, tra- holidays and shit. I'm so excited. <sighs> wow. No. I'm excited. I'm dancing. It's really great. To- <laughs> Except for everybody in chat. Where you just to tried to. I just tried to, to dif- like, distract from the fact <laughs> that it's fun. <sighs> so... Let's do it. What are we talking about today? We are going to talk about the documentary Hysterical, which came out in 2021, but within the last week or so on Disney Plus. But and bless Hysterical, VPNs. bless them. Hysterical <laughs> is an honest and hilarious backstage pass into the lives of some of stand-up comedy's most boundary-breaking women, exploring the hard-fought journey to become the voice of their generation and their gen. Yeah. So we will be both watched it. You watched it today and now today. And it was really, like, I really enjoyed it. But equally, I was like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> because it, it's basically, yeah. is like this magnifying glass on the same issue that, like, is happening in every industry, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that, obviously, women weren't in the industry for ages then there were only a couple of women that like made their name in it all the men were treating women as if they weren't capable of being in the industry and women are not funny and i'm like and women are just sex objects exactly fuck off everyone and they were all called like pretty petite and whatever like my little lady whatever when like you, you could see like Parts of the introductions when they introduced female from like, and they were like, my little and the little lady, whatever. Um, And yeah, and then basically how they in essence then also there were not enough rooms, not enough spots available for like female comedian stand up stuff. And they like shows couldn't give them two slots after another. So there always had to be a dick in between us. Because yeah, two I, after I laughed another really hard work. at whatever, whichever comedian that was. It was like, you can't have vag vag, but you can have dick, 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 dick. <laughs> but you can't have dick, dick, vag, vag, dick, dick. It's got to be like dick, vag, dick, vag, dick, 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 dick. <laughs> so like it was really it's just funny. generally was really entertaining to watch no tom film but it was really entertaining to watch because of the jokes i feel like and and mm-hmm. also to see it kind of gives you a bit of an insight into into also a bit of how comedy kind of works because part of it was like their position in in the industry and then parts of it it was like how they became comedians and 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 comics and how they like cave fell on that path which is often like real life stories and trauma Mm -hmm. to and make it fun right um like how common is it to make a joke out of your trauma right like it's such a good coping mechanism and from what they at least the ones in the documentary were saying the kids were saying is that like so many of them had a background trauma and this was their way of dealing and then to enter this industry and to be faced with like sexism misogyny and like all these glass ceilings that they can't get anywhere near like it's just Mm. really loading more trauma onto them yeah which makes for even better comedy material, which then makes for things that can be a little bit more taboo and groundbreaking to talk about. Yeah. It's it's like there was some there was some um, comedians up there that were saying things that were 
you know, like comedy is so much more than just like he farted, ha ha ha. Like it's it, especially I mean, with with female it? comics. <laughs> but like, yeah. it, well, yes yeah, and no. no. But like, I, just... I think especially with female comic comics, there's a lot mm. of political commentary going on. Oh yeah, oh, um, yeah. like a lot. And it was it's fascinating to see the reception that these women are getting when they do those political stunts, and, not stunts, but. Mm. Um, what's the word uh, stand-ups like gigs shows yeah um and like how th- there was a big part of the documentary about kathy griffin um i don't know how many years ago it was now like be five seven eight ish she did a uh a photo shoot where she was holding up like a beheaded donald trump head um and like that was at the time like it was so controversial but like what kind of and and she got canceled and all this shit. It was she said that was that was wild because she said there were like fifty shows she had booked and when that photo shoot came out she was basically in the middle of it and immediately within twelve hours like all twenty five shows after got canceled all of them mm-hmm. that was just so that would not have happened with that didn't even happen with fucking R Kelly right. Right. Like people were still going to his fucking concerts despite all the rape allegations and res- despite all the old information that was already out there for him. But it took forever to even get him out of like concert halls and shit. And immediately you post this one picture of a woman doing something questionable, like critical, and immediately they throw her out, right? And she made a good point as well that there was there's a like a death metal band called Guar and their like imagery in their concerts is like murdering Trump as well. Um and like they can just carry on and with their concerts. She like, made I did, it like a I bunch didn't even know about examples. that. You yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know that there were other artists that had these controversial takes about Donald Trump, um and like showcasing his murder and beheading and whatever, like because I feel they there didn't are like make media attention. <laughs> Exactly. They don't make attention enough. And at the same time, I feel like it was also because a bunch of them, like what they she, they named like three or four of them. And I just remember like one just had like the an image in the back of the stage. Right. So it, you could just see his head and like it was a drawing. So I was like, OK, one had like the body and the head. And apparently they were getting rid of his head during it. So you could see the axe. And another mm-hmm. band was had like this entire puppet, which they basically killed on str- on the show. Right. And you could see like the act of it as well. And I'm like, that's just like even next level brutal than having an image on its own. When you like can see somebody doing it. I feel obviously each to its own is like, questionable but it's also like a political statement in that moment but like seeing someone being violent actively i feel like brings an entirely entire in addition to that already like brutal spin on it right mm-hmm. makes it even more real and active in a way definitely i i think that there's such a double standard for that that is really apparent when something like that comes up like i know that mm-hmm. a lot of the other um artists that they showcase they weren't but there's still a double standard and and like women being the quote-unquote newcomers to an industry which i think that's bullshit because female canadians have been around for a really long time uh just mm-hmm. quite gatekept um but like they're they're held to a completely different standard. And this is a little tangent, but I'm seeing the same thing in, in like very recent news with, and I know that it's something that we're not, I don't want to focus on this today. I'm just talking yeah. about double standards. Um, the, the thing that happened with like Will Smith and Chris Rock at the, um, at 
the Oscars. And um, within the last 24, 48 hours of recording, um, Ezra Miller has been arrested for uh, violence as well. And you can see the media reaction is like, we have to cancel Will Smith, but uh, Ezra Miller, he needs some help. Where Also, like, Ezra Miller is like, uh, didn't, it, didn't it take like forever to be like do something after this happened was it like last week or longer ago that this was actually it's actually the the incident that he's now arrested for happened yeah like it was something like that um i didn't look too too far into it because i was like standard yeah. bullshit today to do it um but like this is at least his second count of like public violence that oh has yeah ended up in something plus there was that video of him like talking about how he's going to kill the nazi stuff remember that one doesn't matter it was a few months ago but, like, he kind of has his track record of being an outwardly violent person. Whereas, like, Will yeah. Smith does one thing, and it's like, oh, can't associate with Will Smith anymore. Cancel him. Bullshit. He doesn't yeah, exist anymore. It's like, Ezra Miller, it's right, like... Because he's black, that's why Because he's black. Yeah. Right. And Ezra Miller is like, oh, poor little white boy, you know? Oh, thank you, Liz. Sorry, oh, I'm using the wrong pronouns for thanks, Ezra. Thanks, um, Liz. Ezra Miller, poor little white person, like... They just need a little bit of support and mental health help. And, like, I'm not saying that they don't. Yeah. I'm just saying that they're uh, they're not being held to the same standard. Yeah, I mean, equally, there have, a lot of, there have been a lot of violent white in the academy who have never been canned, but, like, will... And I think that we are kind of planning on an episode about this in the future, like, where we can deep dive yeah. into it. But um, it, it was just this, like, this double standard is coming up. So... And it's so apparent and it's me so angry because I'm like, I don't even know what I'm like frustrated. Oh, 100. And I mean, this entire, this entire um, document very much in a lot of things, right? And how it's, how like women in comedy double standard, how much they perform, how good they perform, like that, how critical people are of them when they are on stage for the first time and how they have to work so much harder to like win people and sometimes especially like men over because women can't do this because it's like mm -hmm. just just men can and one yeah. said that women can be they're funny men and they're funny women right so like and one of the comments was saying how like when she went on stage and i think like a few of the other like they had the same experience like the men in the audience that weren't there by choice like they were kind of starting with their arms crossed like this is, mm. and then by the end of the show like they they said how they witnessed a body language transition on these men and at the end of the show like during meet and greets they were often the first in line saying like yeah i didn't expect this to be hilarious and it was so good like you're amazing yeah. i didn't um, want to be here but it was so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> The, the thing that just kept so much in my head and that I that that, that just that just is the thing that was most memorable for me in this documentary was when oh, and I and I actually I actually looked up her yeah and followed her because I thought because one of them was um in a room where also Harvey winds in like they were also like moving then on to like the and I call it rape culture in comedy because like there is like um the me too and movement. yeah the me too and one of them, I forgot, was Kelly, Bachman, oh, Kelly Bachman um, was in a, in a room and had to go on the stage where Harvey Weinstein was at as well. And instead of not saying anything, she basically like mentioned, right? Like she mentioned, mm -hmm. she made like a, a, a dig at him for, for, for that. And also then... 
and people all people booed her out right she was standing there in the room of people and she started to mention it and she just went up the stage and said this is gonna be awkward i'm a comic and i'm not supposed to talk about this about the elephant in the room and like mm -hmm. and then he was there and freely like went through with it and also then basically said like as someone who has also um experienced shit that these women have gone through she just wants to say, fuck you and stuff and people booed her before and then after like they applauded her and shit and i'm just like she i just was so amazed by hers her because and a lot of other comedians were like they couldn't have done it right and they messaged her immediately afterwards and like you changed like the way i do comedy because spoke up for some, like against something like this wankhead and stuff and it was just so fascinating to see it because they showed it as well on the so good yeah and i think things like that that is change because yeah. it's bringing so much more to it like it's like i say it's no longer just like fart jokes or i don't know why i just keep coming back to that but like it's no longer just something like that it's like there's so much I almost want to say there's so much more at stake because now that we're talking about this more, like why why not bring it into the act? Why not like laugh about the collective trauma that we're all going through? Yeah. You know, and one of them, uh, one of the younger comedians was saying um, in a group, she she was saying how in like a group with veteran comedians, like you know, say, saying so like this has always been this way, like they always treat you women like this, like uh, and they were like yeah, it's just it's just how it's done, and they were like but why? Like, why don't we change it? And like for the veteran comedians going through like 70s, 80s, 90s, like it was just not something that they did. It was because this was the culture. This was the norm. And it's up to these, mm. this new generation of comedians to be like, actually, no, this isn't right. Like, let's change the culture. What I love mostly about this is that they tried to, and that's like, in, in essence, that's how I guess the patriarchy works as well. And how, how, how the system tries to keep women small is by dividing them and by putting each them against each other. But as soon as they started to band together and like work mm -hmm. together and like go to each other's shows and like supporting each other, that also changed a lot for them in the industry, right? So I feel like this is just one another time of like displaying how much, how much, how much stronger you are collaborate instead of. Definitely. And especially as women, it's like we need to like we need to work together instead of against. Because I can totally see like if you've been told trying to break into the comedy circuit that there's only space for two women on the show, you're gonna compete I mean, against it, the that other was, women, right? It exactly. that was because it didn't give you any more. Exactly. So like women will compete against each other. Women will be bitchy to each other and be like, you know what? No, this is my space. Like yeah. I want to be the only one of two vaginas up here. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like as soon as they're starting to talk about this and be like why why is it like this like does it have to be just two women no it doesn't like okay let's work together and figure out how we yeah. can i don't know create more inclusivity and, and everything yeah be more well-rounded um and i mean in general this field needs to be way more because absolutely well that 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 documentary now focused on women like th there was no transfer but no uh, it was it was cis women that yeah document. And also, there aren't really a lot of a lot. Well, not not big media comics out there, but mm -hmm. not on like with on bigs. Um, one thing. Um, uh, just going back to what I was saying there about like 
there being only spots. There was one that they were having like really posh kind of, yeah, but there was like this fancy kind of comedian dinner and they like were just filling all the slots. And then by the end of it, when they had the lineup, they were like, it's all women. And like, that's just how it happened. Like there wasn't one man, in, mm-hmm. one, one man, one man in the show. And um, like that it was just based on the quality of the show and the quality of the performer. And it had nothing to do with the gender mm, um, yeah. applying. And I just think women are funny. <laughs> That's all yeah. I've got. <laughs> so like, at that's least not even, true, well, money. But that's the only thing that I don't like. I don't like lots of things about me, but at least my humor I like. You know, that's where I'm like, at least I'm funny. You know, <laughs> can't take that. You away are very from funny. Me. So. so, money stand up. I honestly have been considering this for ages. Like, all at least contemplating about it, but we don't have like this stand up comedy shows, like, definitely not anywhere near I am. And I never written any jokes. Stand up comedy on Twitch. But I've never written any jokes. So that's the other thing. I feel like I would need to get into the groove of being able to write jokes. I feel I have a good banter, but Mm -hmm. not necessarily like writing a good amount of, because that's a lot of like writing and storytelling, right? And that's, I don't know if that's how I, how I, uh, how I function. Uh, or that, that's how my humor functions. No way to know until you try. I know. Find out. Fuck around but, and find out. Fuck, yeah, but I don't know how to, like, maybe I need to find, uh, like, a beat up, uh, like, what is it called? No. <laughs> Do that. But Let's yeah. find uh, a, a course. Can well, take, just, can just like a workshop or something comedy. where you can be, you know, where you can get in the groove of it because I'm always mm-hmm. like really helpless with, with, am I doing this? At the beginning, I'm helpless with everything. Like, I'm just like, how can I, how could I start this? How can I, like, I just don't know where to start. And sometimes I hold my hand for a second until mm-hmm. they push me over the ledge. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah. you know, there's no, something totally. that always often comes in head where people have already commented on the fact that you do tell like, me. I usually bust a gut laughing. But that's because I you, think you know me. <laughs> it's different. Um, like, yes and no. Because I remember like five, six years ago when we first met, you know, like... <laughs> that's a, you're not funny anymore, but you were funny then. No, not anymore. No, no, no. I actually just think uh, you're a dick. Uh, but then I thought I know. you were really funny. I know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Somebody, if somebody has like pointers on how to get like, right, like... You know, thingies, comedy yeah. thingies. Like like a comedy workshop. Yeah, that something works. like that. That's good. Like people do a like writing workshop. retreats or like writing workshops or whatever. So I'm like, there must be something mm-hmm. like comedy workshop. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, also like yeah, improv stuff. But improv, I've been at an improv, like I filmed at an improv workshop, but that was, I feel like I'm not witty on, at, at the, well, like, at the, like you can't tell me do now and then expect me something to expect something you're I would actually love to do some improv classes um just to practice that that side of my personality like because I feel like so many times even like especially in like Dungeons and Dragons or something which is basically improv like it it comes up and I'm like I don't would do right now yeah and and we filmed it because I do like video reach with a social science it was my lecturer at you and they still like Mm -hmm. help her film these documentaries and she that I always have to do with learning and intergen. The last one we did was thing about intergenerational learning, and we have been at like poetry slams where people wrote together intergen. Like there were different generations of people, and they wrote together, and they had a group, and there also improv where there was intergenerational, like young ones and middle-aged ones and older people, older. And they were all like writing and improvising together, and it's just really fun to watch mm. um, and really cool. But yeah, I think they would enjoy that actually. Because mm-hmm. it's like this combination of writing stuff. Anyway, it's hysterical. Tangent. But 
but let's back burner that yeah like floor burner but not this floor yeah. burner like that's an after the show kind of yes we're gonna look into that geek herring does funny stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe could that be yeah. a street anyway hysterical the documentary <laughs> oh god yes. um yeah do you think um and i don't i don't know if this is the do you think that and i'm not asking if women are unfunny because we know that women are fucking hilarious do you think that some of the jokes that were showcased yesterday and some of the jokes are too crass i don't either like no why and the would reason that be? i bring this up the reason I bring this up is that I was watching this documentary yesterday with my mum and Tom. He fell asleep. He did wake up. Um, but but he mom, wakes up early, I could, so he's... <laughs> yeah, give him a um, Mum was like, I could hear her sighs of indignation. Like, she would give, like, these little, like, <sighs> sounds of disgust about, like, what some of these comedians were saying. And especially, like, I would laugh and I would hear her be like, oh, about it at the same time and then there was one actually it was Ali Wong was up and she was talking about how like the differences between um, male comedians and female comedians and giving birth and how like a male comedian afterwards after like his wife go- gives birth is up on stage and is, oh yeah you know aren't kids the fucking worst and like you know they're just puke machine the poor like his poor wife or girlfriend or whatever is at home like dealing with this snotty no- three day old baby you know and he's up there laughing like getting laughs because oh aren't kids the fuck Am I frozen? No. Okay. Um, okay. And then, like, a female comedian, because Ali Wong at the time was heavily pregnant and was saying, you know, how a female comedian, like, the, the woman is at home, you know, with nipple pads and, like, an ice diaper like, yep. to heal, like, her poor ripped open badge and, like, all this stuff. And mom was like, oh, I guess I forgot to laugh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, like, I thought that, I think that's great. I think we should have more humor about, like, what oh, women 100%. go through. 100%. Absolutely. Um, but I'm wondering, like, is it a generational thing that, like, somebody my mom's age doesn't find that funny, whereas we're like, we need more comedy likes? A 100. I do think it's a generation, because if you think about it, and if you, like, all these conversations, this generation, like, my knowledge of, like, pregnancy and children, you have them. <laughs> like, I mean, you, well, you know what I mean? Fair. But it's like, it's not that my mother... Or my sister-in-law, who when I mean I was seventeen when I, when my nephew was born, so I was already fucking old enough to like no shit. Like none of them said anything about horrible giving births and how much they suffered afterwards and how painful it is. It was some just something that like I knew they kind of cut her because or it ripped up like the 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 dam or some shit, but it wasn't ever like this this open conversation about how horrible it is right whereas whereas <laughs> whereas um my friends all when they got babies like they were all like Word. and obviously i know that there is a difference because they're my friends and they tell me other things right it, but at the same time i feel like nobody talks about this like nobody says because it's also kind of taboo to speak about because Getting children is the best thing ever and bringing them into the world is so wonderful. So you can't even say anything bad about this ever. And so obviously Mm -hmm. they never spoke about it, let alone have a joke about it. Um, So I feel that definitely must be some generational thing. (laughs) Jinx in chat says we couldn't say the word period on TV when I was... See, so I feel like that was all... A lot of it was like 
part of that where it wasn't talked about. It was like an absolute to speak about it. And now people speak about it and women speak about it. It's not fun. And not everything is mm -hmm. like great and dandy and woohoo all the time. And just because... Yeah, we're not all flowers and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's at the same yeah. time, I feel it's often... A bit of it has to do with the fact that people have such an incapability incapability of accepting the two things through it because mm. you can love your children and like to be a or a parent and equally hate having children <laughs> like you know because like you can mm -hmm. love your kids and you can still wish you were still single and childless but that doesn't mean you love your kids any less that just means that life is calm and i feel a lot mm -hmm. of this is not a, and still in so many areas a lot of that a lot of the time this is not allowed right you can't like see both sides of the story it needs to be either this or that but it can't ever be like gray and that's always like you can't have like yes or maybe or whatever it always needs to be one or the other and also you can't be sad and happy at the same time but you can right you can and so i feel like yeah also jinx says and so many men my age wouldn't buy women's products yeah yeah i just really want to say in line with jinx saying like there was a show that mom and i were watching and they said something they were talking about oh that's disgusting no it was the period tax on removing the tax for products okay Anyways, and they were talking about the period tax and she was like oh that's disgusting like what is hey, why would they call it that like why do they have to be so crass about it i was like what period isn't that like She's the like, medical <laughs> the medical description of what the fuck is going on well it's a menstrual a menstrual really like medical but i was like what would you rather call it she was like oh, i don't know your friend <laughs> friend because that's what we, what we used to call it you know your friend is your friend he all this stuff but like I, I i do think that there is a lot of generational taboo and like how the patriarchy has oh, yeah. basically described how women should experience their experiences and i mean they and also now this said new generation documentary that you have to be ladylike right you, you can't be hmm. funny but you need to be ladylike about it and then there is like and i feel that when your mom is like annoyed by how these comedians joke about things that's not very ladylike or like innocent or whatever so that's just falls into this category i think comedy has always been on that borderline of like pushing the boundaries and seeing how far you can go right like yeah. even with male comedians only I, I feel like many male comedians jokes are just sexist disgusting um so it, like women have always been female comedians have always been pushing the boundaries like margaret cho and kathy griffin and like they also showcase female comedians from like the 40s 50s 60s like there was one on there i can't remember her name um i'll not all casting um it was was um I wish I had. it was a black woman from like these fifties sixties I'm sure exactly uh, what yeah, generation but they that. like for her to do comedy um they needed her she her act was like would wear a bonk herself look and talk older because it's always so funny when an old crass for a middle aged woman to say it or a younger woman like it was not lady mm. and like that so that became her act but like why did she have to put an act on like that in the first place and that was one of the points that they were making yeah I feel it was it's really interesting to watch. Even though it's like, but it's that, but that's the thing, right? We have the same issues in so many areas. <laughs> it's not like, and add to that with being on the road, like being in the room constantly for in an industry that's like dominated by men, obviously it's like, and life on stage and like being out late and all shit like that. Um, that's just coming. It's just an equal pressure on the co women comedians 
out there, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that this is obviously brutal in a lot of ways. And sometimes, obviously, sometimes more brutal than like having an office job that's done by men. Not that that's great, but what I mean is like you are in this area and this in this dark area where like people get drunk maybe during your show and then they get more lose all boundaries that they already didn't have and and get like way more inappropriate than you would potentially be in an office not that people don't get inappropriate but like the tendency of people getting more inappropriate with more alcohol intake is what's happening (laughs) and i think like historically women have been faced with two choices they can either become part of that boys club a gatekeeper for other women trying to come up behind Mm. them or not succeed in the industry um and i think like that's changing now that the narrative is changing and um i it was the comedian um Fortune, yeah. Fortune Femster, Femster was saying how Chelsea, Chelsea Handler, Handler mm-hmm. really like had her hand back bringing this like the other female comedians along yeah. with her. And like Chelsea Handler is not the only one. Like I think Margaret Cho has been um, instrumental in this as well. And we're mm-hmm. like really talking uh, and and encouraging other female behind them, yeah. like help them up the ladder. Yeah. You know, you see it sometimes in corporate, but also sometimes you just see the women at the top who are just like, no, I made way here on my own. You're on your own too. Um, and like really contributing to that patriarchal society. And um, like one of the comedians, I actually can't remember which one it was, was saying how like she actually left her home comedy club because of how bullied she was by the ones there. Um, and like she just couldn't, she couldn't make it. And yeah. you know that that was that was it. You either become one of the one of the boys, one of the bullies, or you leave. That's why I always Thank- collaboration over com- mm-hmm. because it makes so no important. sense. Competing makes no sense. Like to me, competing in no air in my life makes sense. <laughs> so it doesn't. It also makes no sense for me, in, especially like in work. There's mm-hmm. enough for everyone to go around. Like why? Why would I need to sit to figure not? Exactly, especially in comedy, like you're not gonna have the same experiences to then tell the same jokes. So there is space for everyone. But I feel like, do you think that um, this way of using your story as comedy is something more recent? Do you think men used to do it as much as women potentially? I mean, I I do think that men have always done it in comedy, like you story, maybe not like their traumas or anything. Like, I think that that's maybe something I don't even think that it's new because I mean, we've got Margaret Cho back in the 90s, like making jokes about vagina and like her experiences as as, like a woman. And like she was groundbreaking and like some people loved her and other people are like, oh, Margaret Cho, whereas like (laughs) Margaret Cho was awesome, you know, Um, and it's the same with Kathy Griffith, you know, like there are women who have always been making using their own experiences and traumas in comedy. And men are also using their own experiences, the thing that happened to them that day and turned it into a joke. And here's my funny punchline. Um, there you go, money. That's how you... <laughs> that's my... Like, that's, but nothing happens to me. Work from home. <laughs> <laughs> I found about, this weird meme on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my really funny, relevant punchline, but I'm ching. But I'm ching. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um but like men do it too they just don't necessarily talk about how their penis is itchy. don't necessarily talk about how their penis is itchy <laughs> or other common men problems problems men have itchy penises m- must be up there i don't i don't know why do men always need to so much room when it's sitting somewhere i don't think that they're you know 
Nobody has that. I thought that this balls. was going to be the, the lead up. To- See, it's not. <laughs> Why do men always need so much room to sit down because they spread their legs and they have big balls? <laughs> no, that's not funny. It's just fucking annoying. <laughs> Keep your legs fucking. But um, ching. Maybe it gets funnier if you put like a drum roll or like a bit to it. I try. I have them. There we go. Was it funnier but now? Was it funnier? Because I didn't I hear it. I don't think so. <laughs> I fold my legs most of the time. So. And no, but you're not sitting next to me in a place I find really annoying. Mm-hmm. I just generally hate building can take up more space. I'm mm-hmm. fat. I should be allowed to space, but I'm sitting here like this, right? I don't want to insult anyone. I can't put my arms or my, my, my elbows on the armrest that's exactly made for this exact purpose just so I don't offend anyone that's sitting next to me while the person next to me is sitting like this as if like he has like bees have stung his balls and they grew to to like a meter of the diameter or whatever it's not what's happening I can see it so <laughs> get fucked and put your legs together next time it happens be like can i get you some ice or something for your swollen balls <laughs> can try that in july they must be really big and swollen if you need that much space for them <laughs> would you like some ice some acetaminophen <laughs> um yeah so actually we we did end up talking quite a lot about hysterical do you have any other any, anything else that you want to say about it no i feel just watch is quite cool and you might find a lot of because i did you might find a lot of comedians that you might want to check out now because that's what happened to me mm-hmm. yeah, definitely like i only heard of a handful of the comedians that yeah. were in the documentary so i'll definitely have to especially like some of them have netflix shows and i'm like really i, I didn't even notice I that know. but i don't i don't tend to watch a lot of comedy yeah me neither but at the same time maybe that needs to change yeah that needs to change i had the same i had the same thought i'm like i'm actually not following a lot of comedy but maybe i should (laughs) because i I do enjoy it when it happens when i when i find one that i like really resonate but if i don't check them out then i don't know if it resonates so yeah that's our final thoughts watch it watch hysterical watch that's it that's it for this week see you in two weeks for another amazing episode of Caring. bye bye if you like this episode of Key Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Key Caring and over on keycaring.com.